Welcome to the Third Culture Podcast, where we like to talk about diversity, inclusion, equity, and culture. In this podcast, we focus on real-life personal and organizational challenges, big and small, with lots of love and plenty of humor. All of this in the hope of enlightening and educating so that we can all live in a better, kinder, and more understanding society. Join me, your host, Emily, as I take you through my own journey of learning and discovery, and as I interview people from all walks of life and backgrounds who perhaps haven't had as much of a voice as they deserve. We believe that most issues don't have a binary answer, so although we're not perfect, we try to avoid sensationalist language. We're here to talk about the grey and the pink, and not just the black and white. This is the Third Culture Way, and this is the Third Culture Podcast. Hi everyone, welcome to the Third Culture Podcast. I am your host, Emily Foster, and I go by she, her. And I am really proud to present the 10th, yes, the 10th podcast in the series. A big thank you to all the guests over the last few months and all the listeners from around the world. It has been really great to receive um, positive and constructive feedback from our listeners. Today it's just me talking and I hope you won't get too bored. This podcast is dedicated to Pride Month and the topic of allyship in the LGBTQ plus community. This is something very close to my heart because I learned about the importance of allyship within my own family when my brother came out to me almost 30 years ago. I really see allyship as an important service that is a key part of the way I choose to live my life. And it's one of the most important things about my own identity. One of the biggest things I've learned is that there is so much to learn and to keep an open mind about. And I have to primarily thank my brother for the gift of being his authentic self and having the courage to be his authentic self, which has pushed me in many ways to think beyond what could have been a very narrow-minded view of life. So thanks to my brother for that. And please forgive me if I choke up a bit while I talk today, because, yeah, just sort of those first few sentences I didn't expect. I'd sort of written them down for the intro part. And I'm ad-libbing a bit now, but I sort of wrote them without really thinking too much about how it might affect me emotionally. Um, and I have to say, you know, it's, it's, um, it is very emotional for me, um, the topic of being an ally. Um, and I was also out this morning with a friend uh, for a lovely hot chocolate and um, a really good long chat. I wanted to gain his perspective too on allyship. 
Um, and, um, you know, some really interesting things came out of that. So I really just wanted to share today kind of some lessons that I've learned, um, some thoughts, um, some complexities, nothing set in stone, but maybe something that might make people think a little bit more. I just have this very subjective and personal opinion that, you know, allyship was a topic that was talked about quite a lot. Um, I would say sort of 10 years ago when I really started to sort of um, get more um, interested and more actively involved in my workplace um, around helping the LGBTQ plus community. Um, and it was sort of a, I guess, a trendy word, a trendy topic. And I haven't heard much about it lately. It, it sort of feels as if because things have become rather polarized in terms of the media conversation, um, that um, we are sort of tending to stay away from that topic. And because it's something that I find extremely important, and as I say, it's for me a sort of inherent in who I am, but it is also a service that I find um, that I, I must do, um, a duty in a way. Um, I, I really want to kind of talk about it and talk about what what all of that really means um, when you are part of a society. Um, so one of the things that I was um, wanted to talk about was this concept of minimizing um, issues around identity and culture. I've recently become um, more familiar with um, something called the Bennett Scale of Intercultural Sensitivity. It's also something that I've workshopped with people and it essentially defines minimization as the state in which one refuses to acknowledge um, that there are differences and that um, you've heard the phrases like, I don't see color or people who might've said all lives matter. Um, with the best of intentions, potentially, but not actually realizing that that actually by saying those things, you're minimizing difference. And um, and whilst it might sound nice to say, oh, we're all human um, by not acknowledging that we're all human, but we can also be different. Um, you're actually not helping the cause for inclusion and diversity and accepting people for being different um, because that's the reality you know we're all different and we're all complex human beings um, and as it relates to kind of allyship I, you know I'd sort of tell you a funny story this was quite a few years ago now in our early 20s and I remember um, being in the car with my brother and I think he was talking about some um, gay literature and I said something like, I don't understand why gay people have to have their own books. Like, what, what is gay literature? And, um, and I was minimizing through ignorance, really. And, uh, and I said, you know, couldn't you have just books like everybody else? Like, why, why do you need to be different? And, and it's a really simple, ignorant, <laughs> honest example um, that many people still do um, when it comes to sort of understanding different cultures or this sort of need to try to say that everybody um, is the same. It's it's a bit like saying, you know, why um, why have uh, magazines like Elle um, or Me or Men's Health? I, I learned in the end that that's not helpful. Um, and I think if you're going to be an ally, 
um, you really need to understand that it's about um, also understanding that people are different um, and not just that they're to be respected because they're human, right? Uh, so it's that the thing that I come back to time and time again, which is the balance between belonging and inclusion, um, belonging and and respecting. Um, so, you know, a really, really important thing. And related to that, there's something about boundaries. And this is what I was talking about with a friend this morning. Also understanding where you're not in that place to have that conversation, or perhaps you're not necessarily supposed to be in the room. As an ally, it's important to understand where you are and where you should be. Um, and to accept where you might make mistakes and say, well, actually, you know what, that's not for me to say. So another thing that has been a, a sort of lesson for me is that whilst, you know, that, that sort of topic around um, should there be gay books at, and all that sort of thing, it's like saying, could you have feminist books? It, yeah, of course, right? But conversely, it's also... E- important to remember that as an ally you can't just group people into sort of one homogenous thing the lgbtq plus community i mean in a way there's a reason why there's so many letters because there's so much diversity within that as well and of course there is within that different perspectives um different um different um knowledge and education um good and bad ugly and beautiful um and so as somebody who has gotten to know many people um through family through friends um people who are super close to me as well and also people that i have intentionally sought out to learn and to receive mentorship from uh, particularly within the trans community because i find it's extremely important for me to learn um, you know, I have really understood that there are different perspectives. Um, and as an ally, that's important to remember um, because it's also important to let other people know about that too. Um, and so, you know, sometimes it's, in a way, it's surprising to have a conversation, say, with a cisgendered gay man and find, you know, he might not be interested in being involved in the DNI committee at work. He might not see any need for it. Um, he might not understand important transgender issues um, or even be educated in understanding potentially the difference between gender identity and, say, sexual orientation. So, you know, everybody's different. And I think, I guess my point about this is, is as an ally, have the patience to listen and actively listen and understand. Because understanding those differences in perspectives and opinions and nuances it's all part of that richness of learning and all part of being a strong ally and knowing just that little bit more about where you can help and how you can help to create positive change having said that being an ally doesn't mean you need to know everything And allyship isn't about knowing every single detail and reading up on every book about the LGBTQ plus community. And it's something that I hear a lot um, from people who maybe don't know as much about the community, who would like to know a little bit more and who struggle with 
uh, understanding how to be an ally and are sort of afraid of not knowing everything. Maybe to some extent, those in the practice of promoting concepts around diversity and inclusion are sort of guilty of kind of making things appear that that's what it's about. And it's for me as an ally, it's never been about that. Someone um, told me the other day that there is a difference between the words complicated and com complex. And complicated is something you can solve for, whereas complexity is kind of something that there isn't really ever an answer. Um, and while I see it as an important duty to be aware of the facts, to learn, to look at data and research where that data is available, um, I also know full well that when we're talking about people and human nature um, and humans in general, um, this is a complex and ever-evolving space and conversation. Um, and I don't think that being an ally means you've got to know every single thing about the LGBTQ plus community, because as I said, even within the LGBTQ plus community, people don't know every single thing about each other. That's kind of like saying we know every single thing about every single human being ever, no matter whether it's in or outside the community. And I think there's this sort of misconception that being an ally or a, or a diversity and inclusion advocate means you've got to be some sort of expert. Um, and it's, it's not the case. However, one thing that you do need to be is kind, understanding, and an open um, listener, um, for sure. You've got to understand that you don't know everything and come from a place of um, caring, kindness, and respect when you don't know. Uh, ask the question, and as I said, kind of reach out for mentors, for people who um, you know, show you want to show and approach people who you, that you want to learn and understand and that is um, you will probably be welcomed with open arms so one of the other lessons I wanted to talk about um, was that even though you don't have to know everything you have to try <laughs> you have to try to educate yourself at least because um, when it comes to human rights and when it comes to particularly LGBTQ plus community, uh, as it relates to the law um, in wherever country you are, knowing those things at the very least is critical. The reality is that in some countries, well, in many, in, in all countries, the law is ever changing um, one way or the other, sometimes moving forward, sometimes going two steps back. You know, examples at the moment in the UK are the conversation and the legislation around um, banning conversion therapy um, and excluding trans uh, people from that, which is uh, very uh, controversial um, and very uh, worrying um, and discriminating, uh, good discriminatory to that community. Um, and then, of course, the fact that in many countries, of course, um, it is still illegal to be gay. Um, or to be in a consensual um, sexual um, gay relationship. The criminalization of people in the LGBTQ plus community is a reality, a stark reality. Uh, and death, the death penalty and forms of torture are also a reality in many places. And it's something that we must not forget. And even if you're in a country where the LGBTQ plus community do have some protection 
you also need to understand that if somebody from the community was to travel, what the impact on them would be um, to do that. So I, I'm always afraid about my brother going to somewhere like Russia. Um, and, um, and, and with every, every um, right to be, given the way that uh, the government allows people from the LGBTQ plus community in, uh, to be treated and, and in fact encourages um, violence and hatred um, actively um, in public to the LGBTQ plus community. So, so really understanding the law um, is so important. And, and being involved. Um, have you been looking at what is actually going on? Are there petitions that you can sign up for? Are you talking to your MP where you believe that there is legislation passing through which you feel is unfair or which you feel your MP needs to support? Um, are you marching um, these days? Um, there are, I would say, in the UK, some really critical things to be fighting for and protesting for. And as an ally, um, you know, it isn't just about being a friendly face and being okay and joining a DNI committee at work, but are you actually doing anything, doing anything within your power to make a difference? Are you trying to do that? And I guess linked to that, um, I come with the word privilege, which um, I think is important because as an ally, um, as a white cisgendered woman myself, um, I, you know, I look white, um, at least, even though I'm Eurasian. Certainly, I understand what privilege that has brought me um, and um, certain amounts of safety, um, you know, ability to travel uh, possibly more safely around the world when I used to, to do that for work. Um, but also, um, as a somebody who um, was involved in living out in Asia, I understood the privilege of being an expatriate. And in fact, there were people from the LGBTQ plus community who would tell me that sometimes it was really helpful for me to be a voice for them because within their own local culture, for them to stand up for certain rights themselves would make some of the most senior people in the organization actually feel um, more um, uh, frightened and also look at it as a more selfish act from the community as opposed to something that perhaps would be a wider sort of human rights issue. And I know that just sounds really, really crazy, um, but it's just it does stem from um, the history of some of these uh, places in Asia. And when I was told that I played such an important role in helping to fight for certain rights as somebody who was a foreigner and that I had that power, I wanted to use that power to the best of my abilities to help people to get what they deserved. And so that was really um, a real tangible lesson that I had learned about who I was and, um, and what power I had to create change within the organization that I worked for. So just be honest with yourself as an ally about the privilege that you have and, and the power that you have to support people and help people to be a voice where perhaps they aren't as comfortable being a voice for themselves um, and to help them to also speak when they need to. And, and then lastly, 
I also want to talk about the power of interventions. Um, this is such a simple thing, but, you know, how can we as allies stand up for people when we think that there is discrimination taking place or that there might be microaggressive behavior taking place in the workplace? Wow, we have a lot of power to be able to do that, to say something and to support those in the community. I would say probably we don't realize that that is something that we can do. And I feel like there hasn't been a lot of conversation around it recently. And this is really just my personal perspective. Small things that I've learned that I hope will be really useful to anybody that's listening and a dedication to the LGBTQ plus community, particularly the trans community who are really struggling at the moment um, and who are some of the bravest people that I know, um, super amazing people, and, um, and to my brother. Happy Pride, everybody. I'm looking forward to that parade and march on July the 2nd. The Third Culture offers group workshops, individual coaching, and tailored solutions to help organizations and individuals navigate the complex space of diversity and inclusion. For more information, go to thethirdculture.space and hit the Get In Touch button. Wishing you peace. Till the next time.